Are you ready to address the long-term health issues that are slowing down your happiness? It's time to make your health a top priority. Visit HealthyDays.com and click the free call button to begin on the road to restore and reclaim your health. Bring your body back to balance and have the energy for the people and things that are important so you can enjoy a full and happy life once again. Take the next step in your journey by visiting HealthyDays, spelled D-A-E-S, dot com. I like how y'all are demonizing white bread, but it's not just white bread. It's all no, sorts it's of bread have sugar. Certain breads right. are more nutrient dense, have higher fiber, have higher protein. Fiber is going to slow down the consumption of it and the processing of it, which is what you want. The quick hit is a potato chip or a piece of white bread. It's going to be a quick hit. It's going to send you up, but it doesn't have anything to really anchor it and sustain it in a way. And it's not very nutrient dense. So you're not really getting much more than a spike. Yeah, so like whole grains have a lot of fiber. Right, yeah. And the fiber, the fiber gives you like a slow burn, as I would call it. That sounds painful. So all the white products, and you're right, it is, it is demonized because it is a demon. <laughs> because all those white products, as Lisa mentioned, as well as April, they're stripped of all those nutrients so that they're nice and fluffy and they're white. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. Lawrence Rassall, The Weekend Chef, also known as The Artisan. So whether you guys are listening to this podcast for the first time or you've been listening to us for a long time, it's important to know that we are a podcast about habit change and habit change through education. And so our topic for today is about sugar, because as a team, we have talked a lot about sugar and how it's it's a deadly killer. And there's so much misinformation around sugar that we just wanted to have an open conversation about what we know about sugar, what we think other people should know about sugar and ways that we can incorporate meaningful habits around sugar and our sugar intake into our daily lives in terms of adjusting how much sugar we intake on a daily basis. So the thing that I thought was interesting when I was doing the research on uh, sugar is that the average person consumes 53 pounds of sugar in a year and in a developed country, 73 pounds of sugar a year, which I thought I was like, that's like a crazy Amount of sugar, 73 pounds of sugar. That's crazy. And the reason that that's so unhealthy is because of how sugar works in the body, right? And so we're talking about simple sugar, which is glucose, fructose, and galactose. Galactose. You guys can tell me if I'm not pronouncing that right. But the soluble sugar, which is not necessarily um, sugar from carbs, but it's more like table sugar that people would think of. So the sugar in the body, it's a major source of energy, but the body can only process 20 grams of sugar per hour as like a stable regulation. And so you think if you're ingesting 73 pounds of sugar per year and you're breaking that down per hour, that's well over 20 grams of sugar per hour that people are ingesting. And the big problem with that is that it has such a horrible effect on the liver. 
Because the liver, when you eat too much sugar, the liver tries to soak some of it up and then the muscles try to soak some of it up. But the research that I did, and this came from a course that I took called Precision Nutrition. They talk a lot about sugar. In that information, it told me that the liver can only absorb about 80 to 100 grams of sugar before it's full. And your muscles only 300 to 600 grams before it's full. And so then you just got all this sugar floating around in your body. And then the body produces this excess amount of insulin, which the insulin is supposed to help regulate your metabolism. So Elisa, isn't it true that if you if your liver is full and can't process sugar, then it just bypasses it and immediately turns to fat? Yeah. No. Yeah, I heard that as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'd have to look the, at yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, um, I read the same thing is that your your liver can only store but so much glycogen and whatever it can't store, it's released in the bloodstream and that turns into fat. And essentially, that's where we have the problem where and I think we're going to talk about that in the, in the rest of the program. But that's where the beginnings of diabetes begins, because there's so much excess sugar in the blood and fat in the blood. But I heard the same thing. Well, yes, that's true. But your muscles also try to absorb right. the sugar. I mean, your body tries its best. Your liver tries First. to process it. And if your liver can't process it, your muscles, muscles. try to absorb Absolutely. it. And if your muscles can't absorb it, then, well, whenever you eat sugar, your insulin automatically kicks in. And when you're having too much sugar and now your insulin is like, we can't even get it under control. That's where you really start to have problems. So the body, it tries to break it down and process it. But when you're having these uh, like excess amounts of sugar, it really just causes like haywire in the body. And I think that that's something that people don't necessarily know, don't readily know that the damage that sugar does to the liver and to the muscles and this increased amount of um, insulin. Insulin is what helps uh, regulate your metabolism. So that's why people have those spikes when they have crazy amounts of sugar is that you throw your body all off whack when you have that much sugar. So it becomes like a roller coaster then. If, if, I'm, if I'm following you, having excess amount of sugar sends a lot of insulin into your body in order to compensate, process that sugar. And then you will ultimately, it'll bring your sugar too low and then you need more, something else to bring it back up so you'll have more sugar and send more insulin in. And it just becomes a cycle of waving my hand like a wave, like it, insulin comes in to bring it down, then it goes too low, then you gotta bring it back up. And if, you, if you're compensating to bring it back up with sugar, you're just sending your body on this roller coaster of too much sugar, not enough sugar, too much sugar, not enough sugar. And that's when the bad stuff happens, as I understand it. Is that right? Right. And really, the goal is that you want it to be more of a straight line. You don't want to have these roller coasters. Right. Because the body, it can only break down 20 grams per hour, which is why when you're eating uh, more complex carbs, starchy things, your body processes that sugar a lot slower. It's like being distributed at about 20 grams per hour versus like you drink a soda and bam, you've got an overload and now you're on that roller coaster ride for some hours. <laughs> Can we talk about this though? I mean, everybody's had that three o'clock slump where in the middle of the day, we're just like, I need a candy bar or I need a soda. Or for me, I think it's probably potato chips. It does bring you back up and you're like, okay, now I can get going <laughs> again. 
it seems like a normal biological function. Uh, you need to you need to bring your energy back up. You're right. As far as real time, April, you're right. We're not thinking about the dynamics and about the science of when we need a boost. And you're right. We all do it, whether it's caffeine or sugar. We Our body recognizes when we need that oomph. But I think what Elisa is saying, and I, I think she will agree that the complex carbohydrates that we need accompany that. So we may need that quick fix to give us that boost if we're feeling slump, so to speak, or our, our blood sugar level is low. But we actually want to follow with that complex carbohydrate so that we can begin to maintain that sort of balance of, you know, the sugar and the insulin. So we're not going up and down. That's just not good. It's not good on your pancreas, which produces the insulin. You know, we're all advocates of uh, healthy proteins and fats. So it's a balance. It's not just about feeding that that urge where we need a quick sugar fix. I don't think that that the problem that people have with sugar, and I think one of the reasons that we wanted to have this conversation is the fact that, you know, as we think about how our habits have changed, especially over the last several months, while we've been, you know, safer at home or quarantined or whatever you want to call it, that some people are reaching for alcohol. Some people are watching more TV and playing more video games. Other people are reaching for sugar and they may not even recognize how dangerous that can be for their body and for their long-term health. And one of the things that occurred to me is I remembered a, a documentary I saw some years ago that all these studies have been done that indicate that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And so if you are not conscious of how much sugar you're consuming on a regular basis, then you will eventually get to a point where you have to fight really hard in order to break that cycle. It is eight times more addictive than cocaine and has a very similar effect on your brain. Sugar comes in, dopamine and opioids go up, acetylcholine goes down, right? So your ability to pay attention, to be aroused, to keep memory, to be motivated, all of that falls because the sugar is now in and your dopamine level is up. But just like every drug, you need more to get to that next level of high. And that's where I think that the challenge comes in. Yeah, I was going to say, too, that's why when people do have that craving, you know, midday, the first thing they think about is the candy bar or the soda or something that they know is going to give them that that like quick fix. And that's kind of exactly why we're here today to talk about what could you reach for that if you're understanding what your body's asking for in terms of sugar and you're understanding the impact of sugar on the body, what could you reach for that's not a Snickers? That's going to give you that same... <laughs> It's going to push you over the hump, you know, get candy, white breads, those type of things. They're going to take you up. But something like vegetables or fruits or legumes are still going to give you the sugar that you need. It's going to process in a much smoother way. You're going to get that pick me up, but you're not going to have the negative effects that people have when they overconsume sugar. And honestly, the long term negative effects that people have when they overconsume sugar, because we all we often think of like, yeah, it gets you up, 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 up. But as with anything, what happens, <laughs> what's happening internally that's causing that up, 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 like your liver and your pancreas, like what's happening inside of your body that is actually more harmful than the up, up, up that you're going for? There's so many things that are coming up for me right now. Like we all also know about the ice cream binge or the cookie binge or whatever, when you're having a bad day or going through an emotional time or hello, as a woman, sometimes you're just feeling, you know, a hormonal and you just, 
I mean, Lawrence, I don't know. You can d- jump in here if you feel like <laughs> this is what I seem to. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out. But um, as a woman, it's just a, a thing of, you know, you just, some days you're just having a bad day. You need something to bring you up. So it makes sense that we would reach for sugar since it brings up the energy, right? But before we move into what could you eat instead, I think it's important to really call out that craving the candy bar is a signal more than anything that your body needs something. You need something. Your energy needs something. And I think that's the first critical piece because we talk about habit change a lot on this podcast. That's why we're here. And noticing first the, the, the signal or the trigger is the first critical step to intercepting a habit. You've got to notice if you're craving a, a candy bar or potato chips or something otherwise, obviously, generally, it's unhealthy. And getting that spike, that's a signal hey, something you need at three o'clock every day, you're not getting, maybe that's more protein or more fiber or something more, but energy is the greatest and is the best barometer for health and the best barometer for how well we're eating is our energy to Lisa's point should stay pretty level. So if you're noticing a dip, that's a signal, it's something to notice. It's very important to notice that first, when is that happening? Why is that happening? What did you eat before this? What was your diet like before this in the day? Notice that signal. And then you can get really conscious about, okay, what is happening with me? And how do I want to address the core issue? Not just bringing my sugar up, not just getting the spike, but really addressing what the body is craving most, which is energy, generally speaking. I think the problem is that people... They're aware of where sugar is and things like cakes, cookies, jelly beans, ice cream. Um, yeah, I guess I said them all. But there are lots of places where, where, <laughs> where sugar is hidden. And so you end up having a craving for something, not recognizing that it's the sugar in the thing is why you want that thing. And so I was thinking about all of the other places because I, I went through a period of time where I didn't consume any sugar because I have a, a, a difficulty processing fructose. So I cut out. Basically, and I was alarmed everywhere, every label I looked at, there was some form of sugar found. So things like sauces, salad dressings, bread, even the healthy breads, pretty much all canned foods, flavored yogurts, flavored potato chips, flavored coffee syrups, flavored crackers, right? So you might be thinking, well, this is reduced fat or it's low calorie, but it doesn't matter because they all have sugar in them. And all the things that Lisa talked about, is that's happening in your body every single time you eat those foods. Absolutely. And and also to piggyback on that thought, it's the, the processing of sugar, right? So you might not have you might not have a candy bar, you might have a piece of white bread or something, some derivative of it. You might have a croissant instead, right? That's me. <laughs> Plenty of butter. And but it's it's white bread with very little fiber, right? And very also very little protein. So the idea being noticing, but and it breaks down essentially to sugar. I like how y'all are demonizing white bread, but it's not just white bread. It's all no, sorts it's of bread not. have sugar. The Certain breads right. are more nutrient dense, have higher fiber, have higher protein. Fiber is going to slow down the consumption of it and the processing of it, which is what you want. The quick hit is a potato chip or a piece of white bread. It's going to be a quick hit. It's going to send you up but it doesn't have anything to really anchor it and sustain it in a way. And it's not very nutrient dense. So you're not really getting much more than a spike. Yeah. So like whole grains have a lot of fiber. Right. Yeah. And the fiber, the 
fiber gives you like a slow burn. So we'll call it. <laughs> that sounds painful. So all the white products, and you're right, it is, it is demonized because it is a demon. <laughs> because all those white products, as Lisa mentioned, as well as April, they're stripped of all those nutrients so that they're nice and fluffy and they're white. But if you're eating whole grains and whole rice, these things that have the entire component naturally, um, your body can process that better. It may take a little bit more time, but it's it, in the long run, it's definitely better for you. So yeah, it is a demon. And let's keep it real. Nobody's reaching for a nectarine or an apple. I beg your pardon. I do. I do. Okay, except for Lawrence. Most times <laughs> we're reaching for ice cream. We're reaching for something that's immediately sugar. We're it's not more decadent. reaching for, oh, you know what? I feel like I must have a whole, uh, 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 some brown rice with some broccoli sounds really good right now. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Generally speaking, an audience, you know, we invite you to actually fact check us on your own, go off and do your own research. And then check with your body. Are you craving broccoli at three o'clock in the afternoon? So if that's your time or are you craving something else? Well, I mean, I think that's the beauty of what we're doing here on The Jealous Vegan is, and, and, and you've all have expressed that in this session alone, that it's about awareness. So even though we may reach for those protein bars, we may reach for those oat bars that have a ton of sugar in them. But now that we are having the discussion, we're talking about how this impacts our lives now and in the future, hopefully that will sort of bring you to the point, to the listener, I'm speaking directly to you now, that it will make you think about, well, do I, should I really reach for that ice cream? And should I reach for, you know, some broccoli or something else that's, that's less impacting, you know, to our, um, our gut and our system? Like Jen said earlier, Sugar is a highly addictive substance. And so we have to treat it like that. So many of us reach for sugar or reach for something sugary when we know we shouldn't. So like even this morning, I, I'm always complaining to my husband about, you know, my face or my whatever, my brows or whatever. And so the newest thing was, you know, when my hormones are out of whack, I always want sugar and the last time that happened i like stuffed my face with all these cupcakes and my face broke out it looked like a pizza and then he has to hear about it for two weeks about like <laughs> face is like this is crazy and like i'm in there with all sorts of creams and products and he's like what in the world is going on and so today like nine o'clock in the morning i'm like i'm gonna have an ice cream cone and he literally looked me right in the face and said but what about your face <laughs> and i was like oh see and he's like you know when you have it, you don't like it. You don't like the milk. You don't like what it does to your face, the sugar. You've already made the connection of like, this is not good for me. But just like a drug, I'm give like, more, you know what I'm going to have? <laughs> this dairy ice right. cream cone. Like, I'll worry it. about the consequences later. And so, like, to Lauren's part, to be aware that we have to treat, especially sugar, because it is in so much stuff that we don't even readily recognize it in. We, everybody in this country has a sugar addiction. Every single person. Because whether you know you're over-consuming it or not, you're over-consuming it. Unless you're really, really being strict <laughs> about what you're eating and, and actively trying to fight your habit. We all have to address it like it's an addiction that, that we already have. Because it is. Well, but I have to slow down a little bit before because sugar exists for a reason. I mean, cane sugar exists for a reason. There is 
value in sugar, okay? However, again, if we're eating a nectarine, I had a nectarine today that I was like, oh my God, this thing is like the perfect sweetness, tartness, Preach. ripeness. Like if you reach for that, that's different. It's sweet and it's tart, but you're also getting the fiber and you're also getting the vitamin C and whatever nutrient. So it, it, there's nothing wrong. The sugar in itself isn't bad. And that's true of most, most addictions. Uh, I say most, that's a generalization. Most addictions, air quote, the thing of itself is not bad unless we're talking about like substance abuse. That's something, I think you guys get the point. Mm. Like. Too much spinach is a bad thing. No one's addicted but, to but spinach. A bit of spinach. <laughs> Nobody. Fair. But why is that? Because it doesn't satisfy a need. But we do have a need as humans to cope. And what do we reach for when we need to cope? We're gonna we're gonna reach for pleasure. And sugar is a pleasure. So it's part of it. Like it, it's not it's it's not totally bad. It's I, I think we. I just pull back to say a little bit of like, we have to be conscious and we've already talked about this. We have to be conscious of where we're getting our sugar and how and how often and the con- the consciousness of, I need an ice cream cone. And to your point, audience couldn't see you, Lisa, but when you were like, I'm gonna have an ice cream cone, your whole face was like, rebellion is about to pop off. I've been good. And now I'm about to let take the gloves off, right? And I mean, let's acknowledge that as a human. And some days you're just like, you know what? Intolerances, allergies, whatever be condemned i'm going in and i don't care scorched earth policy is in full effect i don't care and it's that's human we see two-year-olds do that stuff like okay you just you just don't care okay 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 all right that's how you want to live sure okay great get it in so and i think we have to acknowledge that too that part of our humanity of like you are going to have days when you're just going to be like scorched earth i don't care but can you be conscious about when those are? Why that's showing up for you? What are you rebelling against exactly? The the why is what I find so curious because a lot of times we're not curi- we're not conscious of the why. We have the feelings, we got the event that brought us to the feelings. We're not always even aware that the event connects the feelings, but we don't often go inwards to say but why though? And and what's the best choice if I'm conscious of the why? Do I really want scorched earth? Maybe I do, but maybe I just need something else that's going to compensate or that's going to placate or that's going to be palliative or, or, or helpful in a way that doesn't, in Lisa's case, make my face look like a pizza later. Yeah. I wanted to, I mean, it doesn't doubt me that April would go the route that she did as far as the why and the whole concept of behavior that's her, her area of expertise. For me, um, I wanted to bring attention to sort of the hype of what's going on in the world today as far as these alternative sweeteners, whether it's, you know, stevia, monk fruit, or whether it's agave, or whether it's coconut palm sugar. All these things are still sugar. And so I think, again, speaking to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation is that sugar has been sort of pushed and it's, you know, back in the, I think it was the sixties or seventies. And you guys can back me up with this. There was this scare about fat. And so the U S government, they began to remove fat from the American diet. It was again, demonized. They began to replace that with sugar because they realized that sugar was inexpensive and that sugar makes things taste good. 
it also lets them stay longer. So after World War II, when food started to become more processed, sugar allowed it to have some longevity and still taste okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So even though that is the case now and we're consuming all the sugar, we're having the effects of that now because we're more conscious of that now. The government now is pushing, again, all these alternatives. But I just wanted to bring the attention to the fact that we we can't assume that consuming brown sugar is going to be healthier than the white sugar. It's still sugar. And that what we need to really focus on, and that's what we're about on the Jealous Vegan, is if you're going to consume sugar, be aware of it and to reduce it. So that's my input as far as this episode. Thank you, Lawrence. I think you also bring out, he, he made the face too, like, I'm done, mic drop, y'all didn't see it. It was straight up mic drop face. Um, I think what we're speaking to really, also, Lawrence, what came up for me was, we need pleasure with food, though. Like, to your point, they took out fat, but they added sugar. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to eat something that's not good. Doesn't matter how healthful it is. If it doesn't feel good to the body, and, and it has to feel good to the body on the taste buds. It has to feel good to the body in the stomach. And it's going to feel good on the way out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we're just not going to do it. Right? Like, you know, and so the it's why we drink. It's, it's, it, yes, alcohol tastes good, but alcohol mostly feels good. Sugar tastes good. Uh, fat tastes good. It feels good. And so the idea being that you can't, I just bring it up to say that, you know, sometimes people feel like they're going plant-based and they're going healthy and they can't have anything that's air quote bad for them. And it's like, no, you got to mix it up in a way that makes it sustainable for you. And that still delivers pleasure because you're not going to stick to anything that doesn't give you pleasure. It, as a human, we are wired for pleasure. That's just, it's just what it is. Amen. I agree. I, I also think as we're navigating our, our plant-based journeys you're not going to be able to do anything overnight, but to recognize how much sugar is in things. And like Lauren said, we're talking about table sugar, right? We're talking about simple sugars. We're, we're talking about brown sugar, agave, all of the stuff that falls into that family. I think baby steps is what you have to think about. Just like anybody that has any sort of, I keep using addiction because I really do feel like I have a sugar addiction, <laughs> but but I keep using the analogy of an addiction, but just like anybody that has an addiction, you kind of have to baby step it back. And so instead of reaching for that candy bar, be a little bit more mindful. What can I reach for instead? And sometimes that requires preparation. Make sure that you have things in the house, like you have nectarines, you have apples, you have bananas, you have something to you that's going to approximate that sweetness that you want without being a Snickers bar. And just making little steps like that <laughs> and not feeling like I got to go cold turkey. I'm done with it because, yes, that's not that's not at all an achievable goal. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say you when you triggered something, uh, Lisa, as far as the baby steps uh, for me, I don't know how many f of my colleagues here, but I love coffee. I absolutely love it. I can drink it without cream or without sugar, but I prefer it with cream and sugar. Um, but one thing that I noticed and what I've done, speaking to what Lisa just mentioned, as far as taking those baby steps, I have backed off of the sugar in a sense that I used to use, I don't even want to tell you how many teaspoons of sugar I used to use, 
and how much cream initially when I drink coffee. But now gradually pulling back and, and, and reducing the amount of sugar that I use, your body becomes accustomed to the reduced amount. And then like salt, you know, when you cut back on the salt, you eat something salty, it's like, uh, my body can't take it. So the same thing with sugar. That's one thing I think that um, we can offer to our audience that back off of it slowly because it is a, an addiction. And I will pop on there to piggyback on that, Lawrence. We talked about this with the team a few episodes ago about the importance of juicing because I have found, and I have found, my husband has noticed who's on a plant-based journey, approach, if you will, maybe even, where he mentioned (laughs) whatever, he's approaching, right? Uh, Diehard carnivore to more middle of the road. But um, what a juice cleanse can do, or any kind of cleanse perhaps, is it intercepts the expectation that your body has and allows you to recalibrate pretty quickly so that by that when you go back to sugar you go back to you eat that candy bar the next time it's just like whoa this is super sweet your taste buds your body kind of realigns and and recalibrates and the second thing i'll say is one important step too is to notice how your body feels differently when you don't reach for the candy bar but you reach for a nectarine instead or something else really notice the difference in your body sometimes we're moving so fast and so furiously we don't pay attention but the body does respond and send us a signal this was good or that was bad this was good for five minutes now you're going to feel the pain and so noticing your body how it feels and that's something that i help people to do so if you're listening audience I want to invite you to reach out because uh, send us an email, reach out to us on Instagram, because that is something I help people to do is learn to listen to their body. Your body absolutely does talk to you. And when you start to notice the positive feedback of making a different choice, it can help reinforce future good choices when you feel the difference in your body. I wish we could end right there because that was so well stated. But I think there are a couple other tips that we can offer to folks So one is make sure you're drinking plenty of water, at least eight glasses of water every day, because that will also help with your taste buds and reducing your dependence on that sweet something. Uh, The other thing is to make sure you get plenty of sleep, because a lot of times we're having that three o'clock slump because we haven't slept well enough the night before. So they say seven to eight hours for most adults. If you can get that much sleep, uh, see how that impacts your need for that pick me up later in the afternoon. And then finally, whatever you can do to lower your stress and move around a little bit, that will help your body not look for something to uh, rev it up because you'll get that natural release of dopamine from moving around and lowering your stress. So hopefully movement is medicine. Those are all things that you can try to incorporate into your life little by little, even while you're safer at home. for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.